Hey everyone, welcome back to Around the Emirates podcast with Sarah Musa, where I speak to guests from across UAE about topics you want to hear about. Today, I'm joined by Samantha Grixon, who's author of the book, Before You Loved Me. Welcome, Samantha. Hi, thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for being here. So, Samantha, I know that you are a spectacular communications expert, and of course, you've just released this new book. Please tell me your story and what inspired you to write this book. Yeah, so my background was actually as a journalist. So I used to love telling stories, but not necessarily you know, in, in the novel sense. It was as my dream was to be a war correspondent. That was what I always wanted to be. I know, okay. I know, okay. <laughs> but it became, <laughs> it became apparent very quickly that I did not have the personality to be a war correspondent. I'm afraid of my own shadow. Um, I'm incredibly risk averse, which is why I'm great in crisis communications. But the idea of sending me out to sort of a war zone, um, I think it became apparent for myself. And then also for those that I was working with at Sky News, that that was just not a good idea. And so I had to sort of then reevaluate my career plans because that was always the goal from being very, very young, from being about 12 years of age. Um, So I knew that I loved storytelling. Um, I didn't really know I know at that time what the best way to explore that um, looked like. Um, I found myself living in Qatar, um, initially as a journalist. Um, I'd got this little dog. I couldn't leave Qatar because he didn't have all of his, um, his paperwork. They said it would take about three months. And I had to find something to do in Qatar. And so I asked around my journalistic network and people came to me and said, communications, it's, you know, there's overlaps. Um, it's something that maybe you could explore in the short term, um, just to give yourself a little bit of breathing space until you get buddy's, you know, yeah. passport and then you can move overseas. And then I just love comms. I just found it really, really interesting. Um, I like the idea of writing opinion editorials. I like the research element. Um, I found that it fulfilled the desire to tell stories um, whilst being very different to journalism and, you know, sort of exploring very different topics. Um, there was also lots of overlap with the love of word, um, words. And that's what then led me into writing the novel is that was just another outlet to tell stories in new ways um, and to explore my, my love of the written word. And the book is inspired by my little rescue dog, um, Buddy. So it feels weirdly, um, it's, very interconnected I think you know my, my love of my dogs the love of storytelling and it all um came together with with before you love me so it's very close to my heart for a, a number of reasons that is beautiful so I understand that it took about two years for this story to come together so talk to me about the process yeah. kind of what are the challenges that you faced and like what did you find most satisfying about it sure so I knew I wanted to write I'd written a book previously and to be honest, had a huge confidence crisis when it came to actually sharing it with potential agents and publishers. Mm. So I've actually got another book that no one has really seen um, because I think the more I would the more I would read it, the more I'd become sort of obsessed with the idea that it was terrible and then quite embarrassed about sharing it with with other people. Mm. And so that was shelved. I wrote that about 10 years ago. Um, and then. I was working. Um, I was working with the with the expo team. I was doing shift work, which weirdly meant that I had um, free time during parts of the day, which I previously hadn't. 
um, you know, so I'd have mornings to fill or then I'd have sort of, you know, afternoons to fill mm. if I was on the early shift. And that became the perfect opportunity, I think, to give the writing another go. Um, my parents had kept saying to me, you need to write all of the funny stories about my dog, Buddy. I'm down on paper. You need to get down on paper. They'd be really funny children's stories. And I started actually writing the book for, for a teenage audience. Um, that was who it was originally aimed at. And it was a much shorter story. Um, and it was almost like life lessons from the buddy dog. That was the sort of the, the concept as it was going to be this little dog's sort of, you know, musings um, and quite a philosophical way of seeing the world through this very vulnerable and quite innocent, um, these innocent eyes. So that was what I wanted to do. And that's how I started writing the book. And the more we got and the more I got into it, the more I started thinking, OK, you know, exploring a little bit more complex themes here. I went to the publishers and they loved the idea of the story. Um, but they said this is not really a story that's suitable for the age group that I'd initially had in mind, which was that sort of 10 to 13 year olds. Um, and they'd also said as well as, you know, at that age group um, that it wouldn't necessarily resonate, but they thought that it would really resonate with an older audience. So we then reworked the book um, in mind that it would be for this older audience. And then obviously you're looking at a completely different length, a completely different story structure. So it then became this process of entirely remodeling what we had to then fit almost this, this new brief, which we thought would be much more meaningful. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, actually, it then enabled me to explore a lot in a lot more depth some of the themes that we touched on but I previously touched on um I would say in a very top top level and top line way because it wouldn't have been suitable for the audience that I initially thought I was writing for very interesting so who would you say is your main audience now now it's definitely I would say it's that sort of I would say anything from about 16 to 25. But to be honest, I mean, that was sort of what I had in mind um, based on the actual the themes in the book. But I, I it's it's for all ages, you know, it, it's, it's for any adults and, and I hope male and female. I think there's parts of the story that really resonate with with everyone. Um, there are some quite complex and quite difficult themes that are explored throughout it. You know, it, it is about a woman who starts off leaving an abusive relationship um she's struggling to trust again she has doubts whether she'll ever love again and the way that she almost deals with that the approach to dealing with it is to take inspiration from her rescue dog and his story out of abuse and the fact that although all of these awful things that happened to him he managed to find resilience somehow he managed to find hope and he got his, you know, his sort of happy ever after, as you, as you can say. So it's almost about how in saving him, she then saved herself. And that's what I hope is the sort of the, the, the enduring message from that is that, you know, in, in helping others, we help ourselves and loving others, we learn to love ourselves. Um, the relationship as well is explored through the human and animal connection, which, like I say, was really important to me. There is autobiographical elements to that particular connection. Um, the main character is named after my dog, Buddy. Um, and it is based on how I imagine him to be if he, you know, if he had a, a, a voice. Um, the types of musings and the life lessons are very much what I see in, in his behavior and, and his interactions. Um, 
and his ability, I think, just to like I say to to find that resilience from these very difficult situations and to seek happiness in, you know, everyday occurrences and, and everyday life. And um, yeah, to, to find love and to to I think heal from what was a very traumatic experience and to find meaning in life again. So that was the 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 sort of the, the overarching message I think of what I really want people to to get when they when they read the story. That is so beautiful. Like the fact that you turned something that was almost a little bit of a personal um, element for you mm -hmm. and you created something that you and yourself, I mean, I think we can all relate to some kind of conflicts that we have in our relationships, whether it's mm -hmm. family, whether it's uh, relationships kind of with significant others, there's always something to learn from. And just to have that message of hope is beautiful. And um, the fact that you've gone through this journey, uh, obviously a couple of times, like you mentioned, you wrote a book around mm -hmm. 10 years ago. What would you say has been something surprising or something different or unexpected that happened to you in the process of, of like writing this book? Do you feel like no. there was something you didn't expect to happen? I think so. What I've noticed is that I think working on myself has been a core part of why this has been more successful than the previous attempt, because mm -hmm. I think now I see myself in a much more sympathetic light. Um, I've read the, the previous book before and I was like, it's, you know, there's elements of it that need work. But on the whole, you know, it was, it was a great effort. I did a really good job, I think, for a 25 year old who'd never attempted it before. And I think at the time I was so hard on myself and I was my my own worst critic. And I think that that when I look back now, that prevented me from giving something a go that could have been it could have been great. You know, I I, I could have been enjoying um, the I think the the sort of the the, the benefits um, and the joy that I feel now of having finished this project. I could have been experiencing this 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. The only thing that held me back was myself and my own perception of my abilities and my own inner inner critic. And that's what I would almost say, you know, to, to everyone is you are your your own harshest critic and give it a go. Worst case scenario, you know, the publishers or agents or, you know, if it is a book you're you're writing, will say oh, it's not for us. But that's the absolute worst, worst case scenario. Um, and it's worth a shot. And so I would say that the biggest challenge was, I think, being kind to myself. Um, the biggest joy was, I think, overcoming that challenge. And I mean, even now, I, I'm a little bit nervous to read it all back. Like I have it now in the physical print and I'm a little bit nervous to read it back because I'm still a little bit scared that there's parts of me that will go back to that sort of old me and be like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe people are going to read this. Well, I just have to focus on the fact that I finished this project. I've you know, achieved my dream to have a novel in print. Um, it doesn't matter what other people think. There's always going to be people that love it there's always going to people be people that hate it you know if you look at some of the the greatest sort of creative works of all time whether it's film art books you know there's, there's always a huge percentage of people that will say I just didn't get it not for me and you just have to focus on the fact that you're happy with that finished product and it was the best that you could have done and you achieved what you wanted to achieve and just try to silence out both your own, you know, your own sort of inner critic. And then also I think the criticisms of others. So that's, I think, been a challenging aspect of it. That was a beautiful answer to that question, honestly. The fact that 
Like there, there are so many elements I'm sure that were challenging in writing a book, book especially when you have a full time job and everything, and mm-hmm. it's such a like a deep and meaningful book. But for you to acknowledge that, like this, the, the what seems as a simple act of being kinder to yourself is actually much more difficult to overcome than it sounds. Mm-hmm. So I love the fact that you brought up that mental health element of it, as opposed to like the actual writing process. Like yeah. knowing that you are doing your best, this is the best you can do. You enjoyed mm-hmm. writing it. It was a fulfilling project and quite frankly no matter what you do the fact that you would put the time and effort into doing it yourself like who cares what everyone else thinks like you put yeah out there that's that's that is mm-hmm. you can look back in 30 40 50 years and say I wrote that and like no one else can take yeah. that from you and you can be so proud of yourself for doing mm-hmm. that exactly and I think everyone can everyone can write it's that I think finding or giving yourself the time to sit down and to actually do it and then committing to the process and it's you know it's like anything it's you know the way when you when you want something enough um you will you'll find time for it and I found for me the most difficult thing was to just prioritize the writing because I would find any excuse in the book as to why I couldn't do it you know it'd be all the dog needs walking that random cupboard needs cleaning up and it was just procrastination techniques really um and I just had to keep reminding myself that no one can do this for me um I had to keep remembering like I'm um, reminding myself of that end goal which is I want to have a physical book of mine in my hands and the only way I can do it is to keep writing a thousand words at a time and it is it's just a thousand words at a time and you come to a point where I think you've you've written so many words that it would almost be a disservice to yourself to quit now so you have to keep going um and once you get over that point as well, it does become, I think, mentally less tough. Mm-hmm. It, but it's it's getting to that that point where the goal becomes clearer, and you can you can feel it. You can feel the end of it and the end. Um, but yeah, it's <laughs> it's tough. That is that is amazing. Um, I mean, I I think that you've done my job for me in this interview. You've an, you've nailed all my <laughs> questions, and you even answered ahead. Um, and I really enjoyed talking to you. Um, I do have one final question for you. You've you've touched a yes. little bit on the advice that you have for the listeners. I'm mm-hmm. curious as a published author, I'm curious about one thing. What is, how would you describe that feeling of holding the first kind of hard copy or published copy of yeah. your book in your hand for the first time? Yeah, it was, it's quite surreal. It would always reminded me of that sense of pride of when you you know when you're sitting your exams at school and you get your results paper Um, and it's almost like that like you breathe a sigh of relief that all of the hard work you know all of the the cancelled lunch dates um the early mornings the late nights that it's paid off and it's done and what I would say to everyone is it's me it's that immense feeling of pride that you've done something for yourself um is just absolutely incredible and it's it's yeah it's it's worth all of the all of the the difficulties and the challenges because it's not for anyone else and you know and whether it does well or not is almost irrelevant it's the fact that you've set yourself a really tough goal and you've worked towards it worked towards it worked towards it you haven't given up and you the fact that it is also physical as well is is amazing because i think it, it's very tangible um so that feeling was just like I'm done I can relax now (laughs) although now I want to I want to do it again I want to do it again you know I I enjoy the process yeah the process is weirdly fun in the end it's it gives your life I think a a, a focus so you wake up every morning with a very clear focus um 
and for me that was that that was great you know I I enjoyed writing I enjoyed having that focus I enjoyed working towards something mm. and I think I'm um, you know in our everyday working lives we don't really don't really have that as much um because it's not tangible I think and particularly in communications you know you work on a really good strategy but it's not you're not in control of whether it gets implemented yeah. you write a really good you know whether it's a, a press release or an op-ed but then it's someone else essentially own, owns the words. Exactly. Um, there's something about this where it's very personal. You're highly involved in every part of the process. Um, and you're the only person that's part of the process from start to finish. You know, other people sort of come in and out, but you're the owner of that entire that entire project. And there's something really quite fulfilling about that. That is beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing your story with me. I'm honestly honored to have, to have spoken to you about this. It is pretty badass to meet someone who like wrote a book. Like, you know, you're like the next JK Rowling, man. Like, honestly, like it's, I it, wish. Is, it is quite an honor. Um, and uh, I've obviously kind of worked with you in the past and um, I'm just, I'm inspired by the, uh, just putting yourself out there, how courageous you are to have written a book about something that is not a subject that we talk about and study necessarily every day which is mm. why you know I wanted to have you on yeah. the show so thank you so much for your time Samantha thank and you so much I really yeah, appreciate it it's been awesome so everybody you've heard the book where can people buy the book Samantha so it's going to be available in bookshops across Dubai I'm uh, from the 26th of September it'll be online I'm in Amazon over the next few days um I'll have the links yeah on my on my personal Instagram so okay cool so really so I will tag Samantha Awesome. I will tag thank you, you so and much. people can check it out. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. See you later. Bye. Bye.